comes up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day Hello everyone, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry, and I want to introduce you to my new partner. Hi, my name's Fred, Fred Mooney, and I am glad to be in the cab with you today. Yeah, we're going to ride along with you for about the next hour or so. And I'm so excited, if you hear something you want to hear again, give Gary a call at Lonesome Road Ministry, 618-383-2107. That's 618 383 2107. Call today. We look forward to hearing from you, and we're going to have Church on the Road right here on your favorite radio station. 414, a big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said, 18 wheels rolling on the road. This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we're getting ready to have Church on the Road. Church on the Road. Yeah. Hey, that's Church Joe on the Road. Our view and Fred Mooney are in the cab with us today, and we got a cab full. Joe's brought his guitar along, and he's going to pick out a few songs as we're trucking along down the road. Is it all right if I bring my pet monkey? <laughs> Your pet monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he has to stay in the sleeper. <laughs> we'll have him back there uh, popping popcorn and making coffee. You know, believe it or not, I had a pet monkey one time. I, 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 don't, I believe it. <laughs> when I was in the Philippines, yeah. Uh, I was I there for 18 months, and, and my houseboy charged me an extra two bucks a week to clean up after that monkey. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that. I'd say you got off pretty cheap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We had a pet monkey. My grandma had one. Yeah. And they would reach out and grab you, you know, oh, yeah. bite you and everything. It was mean. Oh, this this one here was was real young, but inside the walls of the barracks weren't finished. And he'd set up on a two before there. And he'd just sit there and wait for people to come in and he'd jump down on your back and grab your yeah. grab your hair like that. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't grab my hair. <laughs> no, nothing could grab your hair, Gary. You'd fool him with that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's right. I'm monkey proof. <laughs> oh, 
this is not what you expected when we uh, when we started this no, program it is, today. It but hey, we, we might, never know where we're going. We might not all go down that road too far. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to change gears and, and hit a right turn yes, here somewhere. Get back on the right path. <laughs> back on the narrow road. How about back that? On the narrow road. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe, I'm so glad you're here today, and it's been a rough. Uh, time for you here lately it sure it sure has man yeah, and we're going to share some of that with our listeners today but let's find out all about joe Arview and what's been going on here lately well you know we had this thing called covid yeah and uh, that that upset everybody's world so uh, you know i i did a year of that and then got cancer wow and so it feels like i haven't done anything in, in years yeah and and it's kind of true but uh, March of 2021, yeah, I got diagnosed with uh, colon cancer and uh, set me up for surgery. They took out a mass, and uh, then I started uh, the road on chemo. Mm. That's a and, rough road there. Yeah, the I don't have I can't say strong enough words. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and say in them. the public to yeah. describe uh, how ridiculous it feels like that is at the moment. Because uh, uh, when they you know they they put it in your veins and and you're you're sitting there and, and in my case my hands uh, I got uh, so much pain in my hands and in my arms. And it, it, it's amazing that everyone reacts different to those things. And I think COVID's taught us this too. That not, a, you know, one guy dies from COVID, another guy gets a runny nose. Mm -hmm. And our bodies are so amazing that God has made them that different, that unique, yet we're the same. We're all part of his creation, but everybody... Everybody's body is totally unique, and so how you react to something, I think it's I think it's really amazing. And even uh, tomorrow, your body might react to something different than it does today. And so, I think that man is trying to figure out how to uh, heal the body, and chemo is one of the things they've done. And if we could describe the difference between man and God, that's probably a good definition. It is. That the chemo is the absolute best option that you have to tear down part of your body to build up somewhere else. It's just uh, incredible to me. That's not God's perfect plan. No, it isn't. They actually destroy your immune system. Uh-huh. So they can so come back and fight that cancer. Uh huh. And the thing that amazes me about that, I had cancer in 2002, but the thing that amazes me about that, the way that they treat cancer today hasn't changed in 25 years. Yes. Uh, but uh, I want to back up just a minute with you here, Joe. Uh, tell me, how did you feel when they give you the diagnosis? You know what? I, I knew you'd ask me that. And, uh, I guess I'm I'm made a little different than some people. It didn't set me back. What set me back is when I realized I had to go sit down. 
mm-hmm. for the first time in my life, I had to go sit down. Uh, somewhere, I guess I should say, in my early 20s, there was a, a switch that got flipped in me that said, you got to go to work. When you got a baby and a baby on the way. You got to go to work. Yeah. You got to go to work. And I don't think that switch ever turned off. And that was the hardest thing for me was you got to turn that switch off. You, you're not capable during this season to do anything. And I thought I was going to uh, play guitar and write songs. I always tell people that the first day I ate a piece of bread, second day I ate an egg. Ain't much songwriting happening when, you're, when you feel like that, you know. Right. You know, the thing of it is, one out of every five people will get cancer in this country. Uh-huh. And they, they need to hear your story and how to draw strength from their faith. And even the doctors say prayer works. Yeah. The hardest thing for me to do was to accept the chemo because I knew that, well, they were doing the IV thing every three weeks. And then for two weeks, I would take pills, yeah. too. And uh, every time I'd take that pill, I'd, I'd pray, God, forgive me, because I'm destroying something that you created. See, I never did have that, that cancer thing. I, I didn't know I had cancer. And, you know, I've heard some people say, the chemo, while I was on chemo, I started getting better. Not me. I got worse the whole time, you know. Uh, but the chemo was it was it was hard for me to accept that as God's plan for me, and I think the reason is I knew in my spirit that that's not the perfect plan. No, it's not. But we live in a fallen world. Yes, we do. And disease and sickness came when Adam took the the fruit and he ate it, and God said, "You shall surely die." And that's when it started. But to answer your question, uh, how did I feel when they first gave me the diagnosis? First of all, I was still on drugs because I was—I just had a colonoscopy. I was oh, coming yeah. out of that. Well, that's a good time to yeah. give you the news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but e- even you know, I had to go for surgery and all that. I just saw it to begin with as a thing that I had to do. The switch I was see. still on. Yeah. And so I didn't—I wasn't set back like, oh, I might die. I never really thought that. Uh, later on, you know, talking to God, it got it got much more intimate. Mm-hmm. When I when I realized that I couldn't do anything for these months, I was six months. When I realized that, I knew then that God had a, a teaching season for me. And I said this to myself and others many times. I said. You're a fool if you go through something like chemo and cancer and don't come out with something from God. That brings me to my next question. Do you think this experience has enriched your faith in God? <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> Here, here's what it really was for me. It was six months of it and a lot of walking around out in the yard and just talking to the Lord. And then I got to where I couldn't walk. I had neuropathy problems. And uh, anyway, I don't want to go into all of my physical stuff, but I got to where I couldn't do that even. 
What was your question? Because I have chemo brain, too. <laughs> well, I was asking if you thought your faith was enriching, did it grow through this experience? Well, yeah. here's the thing. God, I found out, is more interested in my holiness than I am. And I thought I had that figured out. You know, I'm 58. And when I'm 68 sitting here, I'll say, shut up, you don't know nothing. <laughs> but I thought I had that figured out. Mm -hmm. But God had a higher plane for me to live on. And I'll put it this way, everybody has a line drawn. And you, you'll go and you won't cross that line. Because on the other side of that line is a sin that you have said no to, right? Exactly. So, but And everyone's got this line. So everybody's got that line, and God moved mine back. Because mm -hmm. he said, that line's not sufficient. It's back here where, I'm, where I need you to live. Yeah. And I prayed the whole time that God would keep me at that line. But it, he, he drew it back here closer, closer to him. I know when they give me the diagnosis, I had an old gentleman tell me, when they tell you, when they give you your diagnosis, you'll feel just like somebody hits you in the forehead with a two-by-four. And that was just about the way I felt. Was it? But immediately, I decided to drop on my faith. And I, I started reading more, praying more, yeah. Yeah. Everyth everything, and I was very fortunate. I didn't have to go through chemo. And I didn't have to go through radiation. And those things are, I, um, I lost a, a daughter-in-law when she was 28. And my son went through throat cancer. And those was just awful things to watch. Yes, sir. But the thing of it is, uh, I had the reassurance that they knew Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Yeah. And that's, that's where I, I put my faith. I thought, if I don't make it, he takes me home. I'll be home, but I, I would like to stay here and see some more family members saved for I know. But uh, well, I am so have you glad ever, to see Have you ever been close to death? Oh, yeah, Where many you, times. Well, <laughs> I, I had a heart attack in 2018. Okay. And I was close to death at that point, and I knew it. And I, I was on the table having a heart attack at the hospital. They put a stent in and mm -hmm. screwed up, and it— caused me to have a heart attack but i looked around in the room because i've seen people die before and i was looking for angels or anything like and so my wife said what did you think about it? i said and i told her that i said i was i was looking around the, the hereafter you know the the people that come yeah. here to get me or whatever you know yeah. i was looking for that and she said she, and i know what she meant she said well did you think about us and i said no. No. In that moment, it's like that anxiety is bigger than everything that's behind you because you know that you're fixing to go into the presence mm -hmm. of something greater than yourself. And so it's so big that you're not going to look back. I, I, that was the way it was for me. But I believe from my experiences, and I've got another one, that I'll tell them about, but I believe God God is protecting us, but the devil's trying to kill me. Oh, certainly. That's his job. <clears throat> yeah. To steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And, and he wants to destroy you. 
And I've I've always known that, but I think it it it, it came home. Real. Yes, sir. It come home. It got real, it didn't did. it? Yeah. I know. I went through tick fever about six years ago, and my blood pressure dropped to sixty over forty. And they told me I was going to bleed out. I wouldn't make it. And I was in such bad shape to ask. They thought I was my wife's father. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And. But the Lord brought me through that. Well, I, I can see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I'm my wife's father? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we better talk about that monkey some more. <laughs> I got a better idea. Instead of talking about that monkey, why don't we let our listeners listen to a song by Joe Arview. Joe, you got a song. I just think this is a great song called uh, Looks Like Living to Me. Can you play that for us? All right. Here's uh, here's Joe Arview. As I turn the page in my book of life, there's a pain at every turn. Just might make you cry And on this page there's a small thing A grandson with golden hair So along with the pain There's a love I didn't know was there Now I'm showing an age I can't ignore And I'm growing In love That Jesus died for I'm an old man With a new way to feel So as I turn the page That picture I see Looks like living to me Well, I turn another page I'm not old anymore I'm at my journey's end Finally walking through that door There's no pain when you turn that last page Only joy Once again I find love Even stronger than before But I'm not showing my age anymore I'm just flowing in love that Jesus died for This old man got a new way to feel I turn the page, that picture I see It looks like living to me
Looks like living, living to me. Looks like living, living to me. Well, one of, one of the things I wanted to talk about was uh, one of the first things that happened was with the cancer anyway. When I had the heart attack in 18, I kept it quiet. And I told my wife, I said, I'm not doing that this time. I, I'm putting it on Facebook. I'm telling everybody I know, pray for me. Mm -hmm. Pray for Amen. me. And hundreds, if not thousands, prayed for me. And I got cards and letters. Every time I go to the mailbox, it seemed like there was something there. There was always somebody sending me a text or a call. And you know what? Here's the most amazing thing about it. All six months. Not just the first month. Mm -hmm. The whole time. Yeah. You know what? It made me feel guilty because I wonder how many people has asked me to pray for them and I, and I didn't take it that serious. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you tell them, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then you forget about it. Yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah. But it's so easy because we got so much going on in our lives that it's easy to forget. That's the reason when I have somebody call me and ask me to pray for them, I say, okay, let's right do then. it right now. Right let's now. pray right now. That is and, great advice. And I just pray <clears> for them right then when they ask. Because if you, if I don't, I, I got so much going on, sure. I forget. And I don't want to forget nobody. Because I, then when somebody cries out for prayer, man, they're crying out from their heart. And uh -huh. that's the ones that God hears is those prayers from the heart. And yeah, Fred, yeah. you said yeah. you had cancer, so yes. when someone says that, now it's it means more to you now. My wife oh, said sure. you have empathy now. You had sympathy yes, before, but now you sympathy have. Sympathy before, empathy now, yeah. you know. Uh, and speaking of those cards and letters, people don't realize how much. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I remember the first time I was healthy enough to walk from my front door to the mailbox. The and that was a big deal. Uh -huh. And I got to the mailbox and opened up, and there was a card from a from a from a friend of mine. His wife sent me a card, and I, that meant so much to me. Yes, it does. It really does. I yeah. mean, I thought, oh my gosh, this this is this got to be a God thing here. I thought <laughs> because it took me four weeks to work up to where I had enough strength to walk to the mailbox. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, when my wife had cancer in 2013, uh, that was one of the things that she looked so forward to getting them cards. She said, go, have you been to the post office? Go get my cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She wanted them cards every day, and they, and the cards came every day yeah. the whole time that she had the cancer. I mean, it's incredible. Just, it is. It, we have an incredible God, and yes, we have we a, a faithful uh, people yeah. out there that are serving him that know that uh, – what a card will do, how it lifts you up. It brings yeah. you, brings you up uh, out of that sickness for just maybe just a few minutes. But, boy, what a difference it makes. Well, even Facebook, when I, when I put it on Facebook, I remember scrolling through, and, and I haven't written this song yet, but push the love button. The, <laughs> you know? I'm going to write that right now. Right I was now. going through there and – Putting the, the love button on all, and it was like 750 the, wow. the first yeah. couple of days. That's yeah. all I did. And But I read every 
Every one of those messages. And, you know, at that moment, they all meant. Every one of them. They all meant something really to my heart. Yeah. Now, there's another side to this. I was amazed at all of those friends. I was also a little perplexed by a few friends that didn't think I knew faith. Hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking. And they I thought know where you're going. it was really important for them to correct me. Yeah, and they they're not sitting in my shoes. They're not sitting in. You know what? what I'm I know talking exactly about. what you're saying. People can say stuff to you when you're going through that, and you think, "Why would you say? Why that? Why would you say that? That's it." And my advice. And I'll give a, I'm an old man now, I give advice. My advice is if you don't know what to say, don't say anything don't say at all. Don't say anything at all. Well, that's, that is good <laughs> advice there. But I'll tell you what, the Lord gave me something through, through that. You know, he'll teach you something in every situation, right? So one of the first things I did was, was read the, the healings that Jesus did. And I, I, you know, I'm reading through them and seeing how he did what he did and, and all that. And I didn't see anything that looked like the the people who was trying to correct me, their their uh, method or their whatever. It didn't it didn't reflect out of what Jesus did. The things they were saying that I should do. So I was like, man, this. So I thought, well, I'll try this. I'll get. I watch television. I had plenty of time. I watch the Christian television. I find me somebody on there talking about healing, and uh, this this lady. I won't mention her name, but she's uh, saying, "I'm completely healed from head to toe," and she's about seventy or so. And I thought, how come you still got gray hair? <laughs> Seriously, uh, you're not healed from head to toe. You're not. And you know what? Here's the, the, the thing I learned. God did not heal me the way I wanted him to. He gave me a lot more than that. Yep. Amen. You, how can you, and here's, here's what Job said. You all have heard this before, but he says this to his, to his wife. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. You have to go through adversity. Mm-hmm. You have to. I, I wanted that that miraculous healing to take place, and then you know someone will say, "Well, you you are healed. You are healed." Yeah, I I understand that, but you know what? The other side of that is, let's quit lying to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's quit lying. Well, we we need to have some empathy when we talk to people. Yeah. And like you say, you don't you don't know until you went through something. Yeah. You don't know what that person's going through. And pe- uh, well-meaning people would say something like, you're going to use this. Well, I agree with that. But, you know, in the moment, that didn't mean nothing to me because I had six months of me and God. That's what I had. <laughs> and then God will use you, you know. Yes. And people would say, you're going to write songs. I really thought that. And then my hands went crazy. And I couldn't even play the guitar for five months. I couldn't even press the strings down. That's the first time in my life, in my memory, that I've ever done that. Not played, not sang, not nothing for all that 
that I, time. I know there was a period of time in my life I, I lost the use of my right hand. And as a musician, that scares you yeah. to death. Yeah. Unless you're a musician, you don't really understand that, do you? No, you don't. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a part of you. It's like in your DNA, and you, you can't get it out. But back to the healing thing real quick. I'll get off of that. But, you know, I thought if G, when Jesus healed like the lady with the issue of blood or the guy with the withered hand, uh, I mean, instantaneously, these people were, yes. were made whole. They were healed. And you, you might say, well, you know, if a guy had his leg missing, if Jesus healed him, and he, that leg might not even show up until he took his first step. That's right. I understand that, right? Right. But the, the people who claim healings today, many times, the first step, they fall. The second step, they fall. Because God didn't do it yet. God didn't do it yet. Mm-hmm. You've got to walk through some adversity. And I always say this, that, God doesn't answer my prayers. He answers his own because he gives me what to pray for. Right. And when I engage with God and, and, he, he, and he engages with me, I pray in his will. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes that's a hard thing. Yes, it is. Uh, but we yes, grow it from it, from the adversity we grow. You know, the sad thing, but it's true. Bad things happen to good people. That's, that's right. And because we live in a fallen world. Yeah. It's not God's, God's will, but bad things will happen to good people. That's right. That's just the way it is. And Paul said, when you go through these storms, he didn't say if, he said, when you go through these storms, uh-huh. storms will come. Amen. I was thinking about uh, if, you had, uh, if America could ask God one question. Right now, you get one question. What would that question be? Mm-hmm. It would start with the word, why? Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing that if, you had, that if we had the opportunity to speak to the God that created us, the first thing we'd want to do is straighten him out. <laughs> <laughs> why, God? Why, God? Yeah. <laughs> mm. But you said it. It's a fallen, it's a fallen man's world. It's, it is. So the answers are in Genesis. The answers to those questions is in the second chapter of Genesis. And people, people still ask God why, but the answer is right there. You shall surely die. Hmm. <laughs> well, Gary. Yes, sir. You got something to say? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys are covering a lot, and I'm enjoying listening to both of you talk. Uh, you've both been through it. I went through it with my wife, yeah. but that's that's a whole different thing. Uh, well, I tell you though, watching somebody suffer, yeah, I think that in ways that's worse than going through it yourself because uh-huh. you feel so helpless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. It's a it's a time that all you can do is cry out to God and. The question, why? I mean, uh, I always think about when we're asking God questions like that, it's like, uh, I always refer to it's like a father. Well, you're you're a father, you're a grandfather, Uh and your little grandson, uh, when he was about four or five years old, 
asking you why, uh-huh. why, why things are like that. I mean, he's wanting you to fix it, but yeah. sometimes we just can't fix things. Sometimes we, they just have to go through things to learn to help them grow into the man that they're going to be. Yeah. And sometimes God lets us go through things. He's molding us like clay. Uh-huh. He's molding us into that man, that person that he can use. It's, it's, it's not about us. It's always about him. He's trying to get us molded mm-hmm. into something that he can use to help others. Mm-hmm. And it's always about others. But we want to jump off the wheel, don't we? We always want to get <laughs> off the wheel. But, and, and I know you would like to get off the wheel if you've got cancer or oh, something like that. Yes. But God is molding each one of us into a tool that he can use to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, a lot of people who want to get off the wheel. And, uh, and we ask God why, but God's got a plan and yes. his plan is a good plan and it will help ev- everybody out there that is going through anything to know that God has a plan for our lives. Well, if you, if you keep track of what you prayed for, yeah. You asked for it. What you just said was something that I've asked for. God, use me. Use me. Here am I. So make me into the vessel that you... Uh, we, oh, pray yeah. that, we pray that <laughs> prayer, but when he starts molding us, we don't like it. Right. <laughs> That's not what I had in mind, God. I pray every day, God, grow my faith. Yeah. But you know what you have to go through for your yes. faith to grow? Yeah. yeah. Yep. You have to be molded. You do. You know, another thing he, that God revealed to me about faith was, you know, I thought, well, I wanted to escape, it, you know, the, the cancer. And so that's, I have to admit it, that's why I asked everyone to pray for me. Of course. Yeah. And, and then that didn't happen. And then I began to question my own faith. And the Lord, the Lord revealed this to me. When I was nine years old, I accepted Jesus into my heart. And I've had bumps in the road. I'm 58. And I've had plenty of bumps in the road where I've made mistakes. But you know, really, that whole path, it's been about God. Sure it has. I've always called on Him. Yeah. Always, for everything. Every decision that you make in life, when you're picking out your, your wife or your house or your car, all those things. All these things that we do through life, we call on God every time we need something. But the biggest thing we've done is rest our eternal existence in Him. Exactly. So you're telling me I don't have enough faith for healing? I have faith for an eternity of healing. (laughs) Amen. 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 Speaking of of that (laughs) faith, Joe... Um, and speaking of God molding us into something that he can use, you're a musician, you're a songwriter, you're a singer, and uh, God uses you in ways that uh, uh, a lot of people would like to be used, but that is you. He has molded you into that person, and every time you write a song and sing a song, it's a three-minute message right there from God. Amen. And you, you've written so many great songs. Yeah, I would like to share uh, the song that I wrote during chemo. Have a little faith. Called Have a Little Faith. Yeah. Yeah. We played that uh, at our conference uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you done a little video while you was still down. Yeah. And uh, you had this song and we played it for the, for the conference here. And 
I'll tell you, there wasn't a dry eye in the place after we played that video of you and singing that song, Have a Little Faith. It only takes a little. It takes a little. (laughs) Just a mustard seed. (laughs) So uh, Joe's going to sing that song for us right now. Well, I believe God made the moon and stars above. Made a man and a woman. They would fall in love He made mountains and the valleys And rivers that would flow and I believe God made for me A place to call my home The lilies in the valley The birds up in the air They don't have a worry They never have a care Just like God's creation, He will care for you each day. So put your trust in Jesus and have a little faith. Have a little faith of a mustard seed. And you can move a mountain off into the sea. Take God's hand, stand up tall. Don't let it go and you will never fall If you do make that mistake Just do that little thing that makes it all okay And have a little faith Life can be a struggle, and that we'll all agree. At times it's even hard to keep your sanity. When your back's against the wall, it makes it hard to even pray. But God will bring you through if you have a little faith. Have a little faith of a mustard seed. You can move a mountain off into the sea Take God's hand, stand up tall Don't let it go and you will never fall If you do make that mistake Just do that little thing that makes it all okay It's gonna be okay Have a little faith Have a little faith. That's a great song, Joe. I love that song, and I know all of our listeners are going to be blessed by uh, that song, and, and you're working on a new project, ain't you? I am. You know, when I got cancer, or when I uh, was diagnosed... I was. I had my songs ready to go. I was going to the studio, and uh, th- and that that's one of the things that happened. It just blew me away. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I don't. I don't know what what the future holds. <laughs> I, uh, 
I still have fear. Yeah. I have to admit it. And I'll ask you guys about this because, you know, I've been at home for so long. The whole COVID thing, are, are we still afraid? <laughs> you know, but, I look at that, Joe. When I walk across this street out here, I look both ways. But I still believe in the safety of God. Mm-hmm. And as far as COVID, I take all the precautions I'm supposed to take. But I'm not going to stop living because of COVID. We yeah. can't stop now. Either my faith is in God or it isn't. Yeah. And it's just that simple. And uh, COVID has really done a lot to disrupt the churches. Yeah. And I'm all for virtual watching church on your computer if you can't get to church. Mm-hmm. But if you can get to church, you need to be there. Yeah. It ain't the same on the Facebook oh, no. or, or on websites. No. That ain't, it just ain't the same. It's good if, if you can't get to church, that's the second best thing. That's but right. It, it, it will not replace being in I told in a pastor fellowship. friend of mine, you know, during yeah. during chemo, I, I stayed home. And I wouldn't have if it wasn't for COVID. Right. But I was afraid sure. having cancer and chemo, well, I was afraid of, well, of COVID. During during chemo, your immune system has been compromised. Absolutely, yeah. that's yeah. that's just God's discernment He was yeah. giving yes. you there. Yeah. And so I, I found me a good guy to watch on television, and I regularly watch this guy. Yeah, you yeah. told me about him. And I told this pastor friend of mine. I said, I said all of my you know preacher friends are saying, hey, well we we got our church on TV or on online. You know, watch that or watch that. I said. Well, they're not as good as the one that I'm that I've got. But I said, wait a minute. As good as that is, that guy is, and professional done and all that. It's nothing compared to one of these. You know that I wouldn't watch online, mm-hmm. but in person, that's better than the professional exactly. one. Yeah. That's when you're there, the spirit of it is is there. Yeah. So. I, but my question is, you know, when we're if we're going to go out there and hit it again, per se, in my case, precaution. I got to take precautions. precautions. And and are those people out there still afraid to have me? Uh, when COVID first hit, I had a pastor say, "Joe, I'd like to have you, but I'm afraid you'll draw too big of a crowd." <laughs> I was like, that's the first time I ever heard that from a pastor. Yeah, you know, I'm going through I'm going through the exact same thing. Uh before COVID hit, I had I had a year's worth of bird shows booked. Uh-huh. Booked solid. And they all canceled within uh, within two weeks. Yeah. And I'm going out to hit it again, but I'm I'm trying to adapt and overcome. Uh, now I'm doing outside bird shows. Yeah, yeah. Do them out outdoors so people can can keep a safe distance or whatever. And yeah. I'm bending over backwards, but I'm not going to stay home. Yeah, I'm not going to stay home. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what God called me to do, as long as I can do it. But if if a person, uh, common sense tells them to stay home because of a compromised immune system yeah. because you're yeah. you're 99 you want to make it to 100 yeah well stay home you know? <laughs> yeah but the future is different from the past yeah, yeah i know what you're saying joe it's I mean, yeah uh what do we do now 
how do, how do we go out and minister when every place you go, they're afraid. <laughs> people are afraid. Well, people are scared to death. They're scared to death. But uh, that cannot uh, stop us from what God has called us to do. Uh-huh. We're, we're ministers. You know, we're if I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall forward. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. We're ministers, and we are to go out and minister. I mean, that's our ministry. Uh, Lonesome Road Ministry is a church on the road. Yes. So we have to be out on the road. Now, we, we do a lot of our recordings right here, but uh, we still send them out, and I still go out and speak anywhere that people ask me to come. I'm going to be there because when they ask me to speak, I want to make sure that I I go yeah. and speak. It don't matter where it's at. Me and, me and you have been to California together. Yeah, we've we... been to Florida together, and we've <laughs> wow. been— been to Colorado together, and we we will go anywhere that they ask us to come because that's our calling. God has called us to do that. God has called you to sing, to write songs, to preach, to evangelize. And so we can't sit at home and hide behind the mask. Yeah. we got to go and tell people about well, I think, Jesus. I think I lost some of that proactive, proactiveness. Maybe in, in in the latter years, and I got wore out. Yeah, I mean to be proactive and to have a visions and a, a vision, and go out and and you know let it manifest and all that. It it'll kill you. I mean it's it's yeah. a very hard thing to do, and I think that. Uh, well, that's the reason we have to be constantly in prayer. Yeah, and asking God for wisdom. And discernment, and strength, strength, and courage, and knowledge. Amen. That's what I pray for all the time. And uh, you know, without those, you know, we're nothing. But God will hear our cries, and exactly. He will answer our cries mm-hmm. if we cry out from our heart. And when we're crying out, it's it's not for us. It's so that we can be all about others. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the ministry. Others. Yes. And if we're not about others, if we're about ourselves, then God will knock us down real quick. But as long as we keep our ministries about helping others and reaching out to others and telling people the gospel message, then he's going to bless us and keep us on the road. That was our mission, and it always has been. That's Mm -hmm. the last thing Jesus told us to do. Go ye therefore. Yeah. Spread the gospel. And preach the gospel to yeah. every creature. Every creature. <laughs> I've seen some of them creatures. And I've seen some of those creatures. <laughs> I used to be one of those creatures. <laughs> but praise the Lord, God saved me. You don't have home. one at home, do you? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about a monkey now? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us if, if you want wisdom, ask for ask. it. Ask for it. And this is a time when we really need wisdom. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I know what you say. A guy can wear yourself out on the road, too. Yeah. And there's a time to rest, and there's a time to work. Yeah. And God will give you that if you ask him. Well, I've been, you know, as Gary said a while ago, the, several of those rodeos and the NASCAR races and went and did those things. and I've done outdoor concert things. It's just... And everything you do like that is just a load of work. It is. And, uh, man, you know, if God's in it, it'll get done. And, and if it's your own little 
playing yeah, your there one. There you go. You know, it it don't work. That's the key. You got to make put God first in everything we do, and if God is in it, then He will bless it, yeah. and He will give us the strength and the courage and strength and all that to go forward and do what He's calling us to Amen. do. Amen. But if if God ain't in it, then yeah, we it's when it becomes about us, then we get ourselves really in You're trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Anytime, on our face. anytime it's it's about you and it's not about him, you'd be better off stay home and sell shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is it that we always look for the thing for God to call us into that we want? God always has a better plan. Yes, he does. Yeah, the devil come to kill, steal, and destroy, yeah. but Jesus come to give us life and life more abundantly. If we will just turn that coin over and let God raise us Amen. up, he will raise us up to places that we never thought, dreamed, or imagined. And that's that's what he wants to do to all of us. That's what he's going to do with your ministry, Joe, right now. I mean, there's no telling where you're headed next. Yes. I know God has got something big. Uh, for Joe Arview and his music. Amen. Well, I stole this from Bill Shell, and uh, I'll share it with you and, and bounce it off of you. But you know, Job. Well, there was a there was a time when when God when the sons of God came to God in the book of Job, and then Satan is there, and God initiates conversation with Satan and says, "Have you considered my servant Job?" Now, we all have heard this several times probably in our life, but I never considered this, that God put his reputation on the line with Job. Yes, he did. Mm. That, that everything could have fallen apart. It was all rested on that. I mean, I don't mean to say that Satan had power over God. I'm not trying to say it. I'm just saying God's never wrong, and he put this out there. And if Job failed, God would have been wrong. But Job didn't fail. Well, God knew what he had in Job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he knows what he's got in you, Job. <laughs> but we're always saying, trust God. Trust God, which is true. But does anyone ever say, can trust? Can God trust you? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tough there. But he trusted Job. Yeah. To go through that adversity, that tribulation, and we we discussed the things that we've gone through, and God knew He could trust us through that. Amen. And He, you're going to be writing some songs, Joe, that uh, out of all your, this tribulation, that's going to help a lot of a lot of people. I don't know if you, how many you've written already, but not many. Yeah, uh, honestly, not many. Yeah, but uh, you know, in the middle of or as soon as the chemo kicked in, I was having trouble with sure. my hands yeah. and, uh, and your brain and everything else. Yes, sir. <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah. My wife would tell me something and tell it again. And yeah. I hope that goes away. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's going away. Yeah. I can, uh, I can see a lot of the, the Joe R view that I remember still in you. Yep. You got a good sense of humor and a good wit and and uh, quick quick comebacks. I hope so. <laughs> I'll be so happy though. Uh, you know, getting back out there and with yeah. people and back to the whole COVID thing. I always say my ministry is not because I'm talented; it's because people like me. Yeah, 
and I know it. That's true. It is true. It is true. I, and I, yeah. I know that. Yeah. And I like them, too. But you are talented, too. Well, I, mean, you I appreciate are. that. Yeah. You're, you, know, it's, uh, you said something that's very important. You like them, too. Yeah. You know, we're commanded to love people, and uh, sometimes that's the hardest thing about And, and a pastor will say, our people love you. And I'll say, I love them, too. And I don't, I'm not kidding. I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, this is a little personal. Maybe I shouldn't go this far. But I, I don't think, I think I got part of my affection needs on the road. <laughs> that sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds. We, don't let your oh, wife hear this one. I'm not talking about <laughs> massages or anything like that. I mean, the, I being around people. Oh yeah, you might want to explain that a little better. <laughs> well, you know, when especially when you're a musician or singer or preacher or whatever, you love people and you love yeah. to be around them. Yeah, yeah. it's a positive atmosphere. Yeah. It's it's you know. I know exactly what you're talking about because I I go out and speak and I go out and share my testimony and the people all all across the country, they treat you so great. I mean, they just love you so much and they're so glad that you're there. That's one way I know when we have a really good church service, nobody wants to go home. Yeah. There you go. And everybody's standing around. That's, Yeah. yeah. It's it's the way it always is here when we have our conferences. Oh, no doubt. Nobody wants to leave. No doubt. We're made for fellowship. That's right. That's one of the things that he told us to do, isn't it? It's, it's to fellowship. Yes. And uh, I remember when COVID first hit, I thought, wait a minute. You mean fellowship's not important anymore? You know, I understood and or understand now better than did then, but uh, we need fellowship. We do. Exactly. We're getting it today. I'm, Boy, yep. I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> getting filled too. up. This is yeah. a, I'm, I, ho- I hope this ride don't end for a while because we're having yeah. a good time. <laughs> yes, we might we need to get Joe to sing another song. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a song I really like, and that's uh, called <laughs> Where the Rainbow Begins. That's my favorite <laughs> Joe Arview song. Can, can you do that, Joe? Come but, truck drivers like that song so much? I don't know. Uh, First time I heard that song, I just I just fell in love with it, and it just it speaks to my spirit. But honestly, the truckers are the ones I know that, that ask for it. I'm an old trucker. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, truck drivers just love that song because it speaks to them. Yeah. Being on the road and and uh, they've seen a lot of rainbows, haven't they? Well, they have actually. <laughs> you see a lot of rainbows yeah. out out on the yeah. road, and you see a lot of other things too. That's what inspired me to write that song when I, I remember exactly where I was when I saw that big old rainbow and and I thought, where's the end of it? You know, everyone always talks about the end of the rainbow and, I, and then I looked up and I thought, but there's the beginning. There's the beginning. There's where the rainbow begins. Where the rainbow begins. <laughs> I love it. Well, here it is. Myself on a walkway, and I couldn't help but run. Driving my life in the fast lane, not far ahead of the gun. 
I take a pill to get up in the morning And the whiskey got me to bed I never thought I'd ever see 40 All I've been through, guess I should be dead I was searching for a life full of profit And when I heard from a prophet of old I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold I was searching for the end of the rainbow And when I found where that rainbow began Mama always told me, trust Jesus I'd tell her Now he was just a man And I was hell-bent To be a free bird To fly away And never land But mama was right About Jesus He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. He walked through hell just to free us. I'd walk through hell to find that life. I was searching for a life full of prophets. When I heard from a prophet of old And I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold I was searching for the end of the When I found where the rainbow begins Yes, I found where that rainbow begins Do you remember Jane McCormick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was in my Sunday school class. And... My prayer is everybody that teaches Sunday school could have a Jane McCormick in their Sunday school no class. No doubt. She used to encourage me at the end of the class every time. She'd say, oh, I love this lesson. I wish we could have Sunday school every day. I mean, how often do you hear that? <laughs> she was a she was a great lady and uh, and also a Joe Arview fan. She, she, she was, was a huge Joe Arview. She was one of them fan. people that called me. Yeah, but yeah. she uh, I had a I had a 
a party for my class out at my house. I live out in the country yeah. and got a nice big front yard there. He found out when I was going to be gone, and that's the date he set. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, I had my brother-in-law and, and his fiance sang, and uh, they sung for about 20 minutes, and they had someplace else to be, and, and they left. And so I went over to Jane. I said, Jane, I'm going to play some music, play some CDs on the PA system. Here, is there anything you want to hear? As long as it's by Joe Arview, I don't <laughs> I said, okay, Jane, and I put her on, you know. Even after the party, her and Larry stayed afterwards, and we visited and visited and visited until we were all wore out, and they went home, and uh, that next Sunday, she, she, uh, she was in class. We had a good class, and that afternoon, she went to be with the Lord. Wow. Yeah. That quick. And I'm, I was thinking there was, there was two things she wanted to do. She wanted to... She wanted to see a bird show, and she got to do that, and she got to meet him up close and personal. And but the main thing, she really wanted to hear you sing, you know. <laughs> and I, uh, I got a whole stack of your CDs. I got one time down when he was down at Rig Ministries, and I just, I just kept feeding them in. There. And so all afternoon they listened to your music. Oh wow! I had a guy tell me one time. He said, "I got a car." And you're the only CD in it, and it comes on every time I start. <laughs> I thought, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Get another CD. I mean, come on. I'll tell you, though, music, music uh, ministers to the soul. Oh, yeah. When I do uh, pick out songs for a CD, I, I don't uh, typically think about uh, performance. I think about a guy just putting it in his car and driving down the road. And so I don't, I don't, you know, do a lot of show stoppers or anything like that. I think uh, listening songs are more uh, powerful. Well, that's, know? that's, and I've told Gary this here the other day, that's the really thing that makes gospel music gospel is the lyrics. Uh -huh. You know, we ain't got 12 notes. That's right. That's right. But the lyrics is what makes it gospel. And that's the message. A gospel song give you, like Gary says, a three-minute sermon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, that's, that's what ministers to people is, is the meaning. And sometimes and it's just one line. That's yeah. right. You're it's right. just one line. They, I, I'm, ter I'm terrible, actually, about listening to a song and not hearing it. Mm -hmm. I listen to the music too much. Well, that's my problem. Yeah, <laughs> as a musician. But if there, there's just like one line that just kills me, you know. That's mm -hmm. all I need. And I love hearing uh, I love hearing testimonies about how a song was written, just like what you're talking about on that Rainbow song. Uh -huh. I mean, every song there's a story behind every song, but the lyrics behind every song. And I just loved that is the most fascinating part about uh, music and uh, songs. Yeah, for me is how they how they was. Written. You know, that's on my album called "The Best Days Are Yet to Come." Yes, and. Uh, that's a good song too, by the way. It it has become more important to me. Yeah, <laughs> that the best days are yet to come. But I uh, originally I wanted the title of the album to be "Where the Rainbow Begins." Right. And so I sent it to the graphic designer, and uh, they're working on a cover. And they sent me a, uh, a sample. You know, yeah. they, this is what we're working on. This idea. What do you think of it? They sent me about three of those, and I said. 
No way. Because they all look gay. <laughs> look like Gay Pride Week. Didn't it did. It? Yeah. So we've got to change the title. <laughs> this is not going to work. So it became <laughs> the, the best taser yet to come. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's a great song, too. I love that song. That's the CD that you handed me down there at um, uh, DuCoin that yeah, day. And I listened was. to that CD, and when I hit. Heard that rainbow song. That was it for me. <laughs> I mean, I just fell in love with that song, and I still love it today. And that's what make, That's what a great song is all about. I mean, no matter how many times you hear it, you never get tired of it. Well, that's like the word. The word's alive, so every time you read it, it, it speaks to you exactly. anew, yeah. fresh. Yes, and that is so true. Yeah. The, the, the Word of God is alive and active, yeah. and it it is... I mean, you can read the scripture one day and it means something to you, and you can read it six months later and it means something completely different because of what's going on in your life. And that is the living word. The living word, yeah. So the truth is alive. Yes. You you know, you can't kill the truth. Exactly. But isn't it it funny that that that's, uh, uh, they're at war against the truth. Exactly. And they're trying now to say, well, there's more than one truth. There's an, there's this truth, and you've got a truth. Everyone's got a truth. But there's only one real truth, yeah. and that's the way, the truth, and, and the, the life. life. Amen. Jesus. Jesus is the answer. <laughs> that's right. He is the road to heaven. And no matter who tells you there's many roads to heaven, uh-huh. there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's accept Jesus Christ into your heart and ask him to come into your life Amen. and change you. And that's what I did out on the highway, August 13th, 1995, at the age of 43. I was a drug addict, alcoholic, and I cried out to God and asked him to come into my heart. And that's what these drivers out there need to hear. They need to hear that there is only one way, and God wants them to come to him. And it's as simple as saying a little prayer. Amen. 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 The words are not important. God looks at our heart. And when we ask him to come into our life, whether it's Jesus saved me or Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins, I want to be a Christian. That's the 13-word prayer that Ray Sisk prayed when he got saved up in Alaska. That was my mentor, Ray Sisk, I talked about earlier. He prayed 13 words and got saved. God wants to hear from your heart. And if you cry out to God with your heart right now, doesn't matter what the words are, he will hear you and he will save you. Amen. 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 At the crossroads of life, lost without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web 
You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be. And I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. But I called his name. This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree